and welcome to... Is this the third or the fourth installment, Lucas? Fourth. Third one I've been on, but fourth overall. To the fourth installment of the Amazing Avenue Winter Meeting Special. I'm Ken Lavin. Uh, I'm joined today by Lucas Vlahos. How are you today, Lucas? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. It's been a long week. Yeah, I, I can share that sentiment. Only halfway there. Uh. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll get to it then. Um, so we're on the the fourth day of the winter meetings, and uh, today Garrett Cole signed with the New York Yankees for nine years, three hundred twenty-four million. Yep. I mean, this was kind of inevitable, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't know that there's anything particularly interesting to say about him. Um, he's a very good yeah. pitcher. He's being paid like it. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty good I, chance that by the time it gets really expensive and, you know, he'll be pitching for a different team. I don't know if there was a no trade, but that seems to be how a lot a, of these long deals are, are going. Yeah, and he has to opt out after five years. Okay. So I will say, like, I'm, I generally think the top, the top, top of the market contracts are actually some of the highest return on investment. Uh, I agree. In doing general. it for a pitcher still gives me at least a moment of pause because it's a pitcher. Yeah, true. Like, I've always like thought the, of like long, long contracts like that uh, in terms of like duration. I've always thought of it basically like financing. Yeah, like, you're basically uh, amortizing you, the cost over the of the first four years, which is a fair way to think about it. Yeah. My my point being that like Machado and Harper, not a second thought. Cole, I'd probably sit there and, like, think for 10 minutes and then do it anyway. Yeah, probably. Probably same. Just because There's a lot of pitchers. just, I mean, there's risk in every elbow, so. And shoulder. And, and shoulder. Uh, yeah, no, basically all the bits that like to break. Yep. yep. Are all destroyed mm-hmm. by the, the act of pitching. So, good job, Garrett Cole. Uh, Mets didn't even check in, shockingly. Probably not. No, you know, they have to be more opportunistic. Specifically when mentioning Cole. <laughs> Pathetic. Yes. I think the more opportunistic thing to do here would be to offer more money, considering... <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> but I guess that's neither here nor there, seeing mm-hmm. as um, they need to shed salary to sign... <laughs> Dylan Batances. To sign for cello. <laughs> Well, hopefully they won't be doing that anymore because of the other another thing that happened today. But I won't step on your toes here. Oh no, go for it. This is a very loose structure we have here. Mm-hmm. Well, they, instead of uh, as the Yankees signed Garrett Cole, the Mets signed the uh, remains of Michael okay. Walker. I, I thought you were going to talk about how Rick Porcello was shifting to wanting a one-year deal. Apparently, he has a three-year offer, which, yes. to which I say press X to doubt. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised just because I'd be surprised like, he's bad. If yeah, but if like at the dollar pro- point that he's likely to be signed at, does it really matter? <laughs> One year. Uh, I mean, if it's like a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal, no. But at the same time, Jordan Lyles only got two years, and he's been objectively better for two and a half seasons now. So what was the AAV though on Lyles? Eight million. So if like if Rick Portell is getting a, a three year offer with a five million AAV, okay. yeah, true, true, yeah. So it would have to be below that. Nothing. 
Yeah. You had a 124 DRA minus last year. That is like unimaginably bad yeah. for someone who throws 174 innings. It's really bad. Yeah, no, he's he's on the outshoot, but yep. whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll say I, I'm generally a fan of, of teams that will just be like, screw it, we'll eat the third year, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also, Rick Porcello isn't that – there isn't enough upside there. You're also eating the first two years. Is yeah, yeah, it's true. That that's, you know. Meanwhile, the Mets did walk instead, who was just as bad as Porcello last year, but was better the two years prior. So I I'm, I prefer that move to the one we all thought they would make. Yeah, I don't mind this at all. Um, I don't hate it. I wish that they aimed a little higher, but I also wish that they aimed higher than Rick Porcello or Porcello. Yeah. Um, Waka was good once upon a time. Or he was good as he was good as recently as last year. Like he had an 89 DRA minus last year. So yeah, my problem is I'm looking at fan graphs. Uh, and he was 81.6 in 2017, bad in 2016, good in 2015. So like he's had shoulder issues, which are always more concerning to me than elbow issues. He might yeah. just be worked, but he's only what is he 28? He is 28. And he has a history of solid number two, number three level production. And he cost a fraction of what we thought Porcello would cost. So, uh. Yeah, I was gonna say that, you know, at some point I'll probably take a dive into, you know, his Brooks baseball page and mm-hmm. baseball savant and stuff to try to see if there's any upside there or any signs of imminent danger. Mm-hmm. But at one year, three million, I'm, I'm not really feeling a rush at all. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and look, like if this was if this was the follow up move to saying, yeah, we know we have holes in the rotation, but we're gonna spend we've spent on the bullpen or like we signed Gradal or something. Oh, like, no, we this blew would our be budget. perfectly fine. Right, but the problem is it's the only thing they'll do. As far as you know, fifth starters, you know, in which you you're actually meaning a starter who's worse than the other four guys, as David Roth recently put. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him a lot more than a lot of the other dudes they've, uh, been linked to. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Like, and I think generally, uh, your fifth starter spot is very, uh, fungible. Like if you have, you can absolutely make the playoffs. You can absolutely win a division without a good fifth starter. And then you get to the playoffs and it doesn't matter anyway. So. Yep. And there's lots of ways to kind of fake your way through it. Um, you know, bullpenning is pretty popular these days, and mm-hmm. uh, the 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 line between like long reliever and you know back end starter is thinner than it's ever been. Yep. So I've got if there was a spot to go cheap, given on the off season shopping list, this was it. So they, fine, they in fact did. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they do something else. Yeah. Um, I guess in other adjacently Mets-related news, uh, Blake Trinan signed with the Dodgers. I have not seen the... 110. 110. So that's a raise from what he would have gotten in ARB, right? Yeah. To be totally honest, I don't mind sitting out Trinan at 110. Again, under the presupposition that you spend the money elsewhere, which they won't do, but I, I don't... Love 
that gamble, if I, honestly. Uh, like, I don't know. Trinan was bad for a long time. Had one year where he was good and also extremely lucky and then went right back to being bad and hurt. Yeah, I don't love, um, like, he, he's basically just a sinker guy, right? Yeah, with a stupid good sinker that moves. Yeah, no, it's, it's legitimately a great sinker, but ultimately I am wary of betting on the one pitch guys to stay elite for very long, you know? I think both, I think both of us have stated previously that our preference is to build depth in the bullpen Mm -hmm. and I think you can build more depth with $10 million and betting it all on Blake Trinan to be healthy and good at the same time. Yeah, at the very least, I'd rather do it than, you know, an upside play like Trinan. That's, yeah. um, I'd rather invest in certainty or, you know, mm-hmm. spreading the risk around than a high variance bet, especially in a pen that's going to be thin. Yep. You could probably Just have like... Just of them not, they're, them not having a lot of good dudes to start. Like, and look, if you're already going to spend a ten, $10 million AAV on a reliever, just go sign like Will Harris or something, who's yeah. better. Yeah, the only reason why anyone should lament trying to not being brought in house is that he's like the last one. Mm-hmm. Will Harris hasn't signed yet, but they won't do that. I thought, they, I thought, who signed the Braves? No, that was Will Smith. God, there's so many that are. Will, Will Harris is a, <laughs> a lefty reliever. Yeah, from the, the Astros. Yeah, and he he actually was in the Carlos Gomez trade oh, way back yeah. when. Uh, and then the I, I did tra- joke on Twitter after the World Series that he was pitching his way into a Mets bargain contract. Yep, yep, yeah. I'd be I'd be totally fine if Will Harris is the the big off season bullpen move at this point. I'd be okay with that. I would have been fine with that on day one. Honestly, mm-hmm. he had a pretty good year last year. He did. He did. And he's not going to get paid like it. I mean, if, if Charnin had signed a contract that was like 1-3 or 1-5, then I might have been a little annoyed, but at 1-10, uh, whatever. Good luck, Dodgers. Yeah. Yep. And they can afford an upside play like this. <laughs> I'm, sur- I'm actually surprised because their bullpen is trash. Their bullpen is Joe Kelly, uh, whatever Joe Kelly is, the diminished Kenley Jansen, and Blake Trinan? I think they can also throw prospect depth at it, though. Like, yeah. Dustin May is probably going to be in the pen for them. I think they said Urias uh, is going to start, but he'll probably get some relief time. Maeda apparently wants to start. We'll see how that goes. Point is, their bullpen is not particularly yeah. good either. It's not particularly good, but they generally are better about risk than and they're also <laughs> and cutting generally- bait when they have to, and they're also a much better team. <laughs> They're also just be- better at maximizing pitcher uh They're, they're pretty set much better uses. across the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shocking when you spend money both on your front office, your analytics department, and the actual on-field product. Yeah, when you, you turn out it like you're trying to get every bit of value you can, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of vets who are, do things like make Brandon Nimmo play through a bulging disc in his neck and... <laughs> Rushing Cespedes back for the Yankees. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just nonsense. Yep. Uh, on that note, I guess uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Uh, yeah, back after this. Welcome back to the Amazing Avenue Winter Meeting Special. I'm Ken Lavin. I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos. And uh, we just talked about 
some of the the signings from today, day four of the winter meetings, uh, including the Mets signing Michael Waka, and uh, now we're going to talk about some of the trade rumors that are flying around. Mm-hmm. So, Lucas, the Mets are apparently trying to trade Dom Smith. Good. We know this because Andy Martino wrote an article that didn't specify who they were trying to trade him to. So let's let's translate this. A- A- Andy Martino got a text from Jeff Wilpon, and uh, uh, that's it. I, I bet he got a, a text from Jeff Wilpon being like, "Pump up the market." We can't move Tom Smith. <laughs> Erg. Like. Yeah, we talked about this already. Both sides are better served by moving Dom at this point, right? He doesn't he, – he, he at this point, he's a either a defensively limited corner outfielder, an extremely defensively limited corner outfielder. Yeah, a near unplayably bad defensive corner outfielder. Or an offensively limited first baseman. He's not better than Pete. Mm-hmm. There's basically no reason to play him in the outfield with J.D. Davis, Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto, Brandon Nimmo, and Jake Marisnik mm-hmm. on the roster. And he was good enough last year that he – and has enough prospect pedigree that he should get a chance to start somewhere probably. Oh, yeah. So my concern here is I don't know what the market for Dom Smith looks like. Yeah. first bit, He's like, kind of a weird fit for uh, trade – as far as trade assets go. I can come up with at least a couple teams that could use the first baseman. Like there's plenty of – I assume they're going to try to trade him for a reliever. Mm-hmm. I could also see them just attaching him to bad salary, like Jed Lowry, who isn't even that bad a salary, but they need to shed money because they're pathetic. Because they need that money for Rick. I to- I have to- <laughs> like pay- paying ten million dollars for Jed Lowry to sit on your bench is totally a good investment for a good yeah. team. Um. Anyway, but let's assume they trade him for a reliever. They're like plenty of bad teams who don't really have any first base guys. Uh, I could see the Tigers. Maybe you ask yeah, about, like, Joe Jimenez. Uh, Rangers could use a first baseman. They're not necessarily bad, but they could use one, and maybe they'd move LeClerc, though that's hard because of his contract. The Orioles could use help anywhere, but they don't really have anyone worth trading Dom for off the top of my head. Michael Givens, does that float your boat? I thought he, they got rid of him already. I might be wrong. No, but, no I'm doesn't. pretty sure he's still around. That's... Okay. Uh, Extreme Allison McCaig energy. That's true. Uh, what are the Blue Jays doing at first base? Smoke's a free agent. Uh, and Vladito is still a third baseman for the moment. Uh, maybe, maybe he'd fit there. Uh, so we're looking at mostly teams that are rebuilding. Yeah, because presumably, like, presumably the Mets want to trade him for a reliever that helps right now. And and doesn't cost much. Right, doesn't cost much, and any contender isn't going to want to move that piece because that's a good piece for a contender. Like, relievers are the last piece you add as you're building a contender and the first piece you should move when you're rebuilding. Um, And also, like, lots of teams are already pretty set at first base. So Yeah, no, it's a very strong position throughout baseball. I mean, do, is Bell, I guess the Pirates gave up on playing Josh Bell in the outfield completely, so they're not even a fit for Dom anymore. Uh, Jeff and Jared, and for all you kids out there, speculated that the Pirates might want to move him though, since he's going to get expensive. Yeah, he might, he's going to get expensive and arb quick. 
So they the scared? pirates would move him already. That's fucking pathetic too. That's ridiculous. They're also probably headed into a rebuild. I mean, yeah, he, but we just hired a new GM. Just opened up Fangraphs. What I want. I don't know spot. why you trade Josh Bell to rebuild. At least not as your first rebuilding move. Like trading Starling Marte makes sense. He's 32. Why are you trading Josh Bell to rebuild? That's dumb. That's solely salary. Yep. Uh, so point is, we don't really know where Dom's going to go. It doesn't seem like a particularly robust market. Um, but yeah, somebody will take a shot on him. Yeah, someone. I, I'm Did not the Mariners need a first baseman? Uh, no, they just gave Evan White that contract. So. Evan White, uh, Vogelbach still kicking around there. So Vogelbach is the first baseman by the loosest possible definition of the word first baseman. <laughs> Talk about a chunky boy. You know how I'm, I'm fond of quoting Moneyball and saying uh-huh. that um, it's first base, it's not that hard? It's incredibly hard. You have to be like a special kind of terrible to <laughs> Vogelbach unplayable hit, at first base. Did, but Vogelbach, Vogelbach hit 30 home runs last year and, had, and was only 10% better than league average on offense. <laughs> it's like hard to do. Um, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a very big boy. I don't know. I don't know what they're what they're gonna do with Dom. Yeah, it seems it's just a weird fit. Mm. Um, a yeah, lot he's of very rays, but they also have like yeah, they, of and these that, guys. that's the problem is that there's a lot of these guys floating around, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a lot of the teams who could use you know a pre-arb player at first base at some point theoretically in the future, the rebuilding teams like. A lot of them have like two or three of these guys. I mean, Dom's pretty good. He somebody should want to take him. Yeah, like I wouldn't mind trading for like Emilio Pagan from the Rays or something. Like that wouldn't be awful. Uh, At the, we're entering the part of the off season where like I just want them to have like warm bodies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Warm bodies with like big league experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of relying on like. Well, Chris Flexen's gone, but like Corey Oswald, Corey Oswald, Ty Bashler. I still think Bashler might be something eventually, Maybe. but yeah, the command's got to jump. But yeah. stranger things have happened. Uh, this is not this is not the most frustrating rumor of the day, by the way. We uh, to our audience, we should probably talk about the other one. Oh yeah, we've been rambling about dumb for the majority of the segment now. Lucas, would you mm-hmm. like to share with us? I swear to God, if the Mets trade Brandon Nimmo for Starling Marte, I might actually have an aneurysm on the spot. So you traded for Starling Marte in your AALP. What did I trade? I did Andres Jimenez, Wilson Ramos, and Mark Vientos uh, for Starling Marte and Keone Kella. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I turned around and signed Grundahl. Like, look, I like Starling Marte. I think he's a good player. I think mm-hmm. he's an upgrade in center for this team. He is not worth Brandon Nimmo. There's no way he's worth Brandon Nimmo. It's just not true. Yeah, also, no. the Pirates probably want would want Francisco Alvarez, too, because they're desperate for a catcher. So Yeah, so the other implication was that maybe um, <laughs> the, um, the catcher they were referring to <laughs> – in that rumor was Tomas Nito. Oh God! <laughs> and if that's true, yeah. And and like the quote 
was all Neil Huntington from the athletic, um, in the athletic, um, the quote was all about how like they need a controllable catcher who like is at least good at one thing. <laughs> I mean, hell. which fits the bill. <laughs> all right, well let, let's spitball this here. Could you convince the Pirates to do Marte for like Jimenez, Nito, and maybe they would take Jed Lowry's money to offset things? I don't know. Maybe. Probably need to throw in one more prospect there. Like, give him Fientos, too. I don't care. Yeah. And then you could turn around and sign Jason Castro as your new backup catcher. You put Marte in center. You put Nimmo in left. You put Conforto in right. McNeil at third. Davis on the bench. Uh, you're still short one bench infielder, I think. I mean, that that's in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. But but don't, don't don't fucking trade Brandon Nimmo for Starling Marte. So like the upgrade there is minimal at best, right? Yeah, it, at at absolute best. Marte's biggest fan offensively. I really and, like Starling Marte. I think he's a good player. I I'm someone who still has a soft spot for stolen bases because my favorite player growing up was unfortunately Jose Reyes. It happened to many of us. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, pre pre all the bad stuff, he was just a true joy oh, yeah. to watch. Um, so I still have a soft spot for burners. The the other issue is that Marte, like they're probably going to convince themselves the the way they're probably talking themselves into this is that oh Marte's a good center fielder where his defense is on a four year decline and he's going to be thirty two. So I'm not even sure the defensive upgrade is going to be it's, that significant anymore. Like I think it's like a half grade at best because Marte's never, or at, at least during the decline, hasn't been like that much better than average. He was he was like a slightly above average center fielder in 2017. Oh, he was basically the same in 2018, and last year he was bad in center. How much worse than Brandon Nimmo was he in center? Just going and defensive metrics are bad, et cetera, et cetera. Blah blah blah. Uh, let me see, R-150. He was worse than Brandon Nemo in center last year. In yeah. a small sample size for Nemo. But, like, I, just please don't do this. Please don't do this, Mets. It, it has big Mets energy. Because they don't think Brandon Nemo's good. They haven't thought Brandon Nemo was good ever. Because they're dumb. Because Terry Collins still has a role in the front office and is sitting there like, man, he doesn't play defense in center field. He's not fast. I think Jeff Wilpon is like the last person on earth who hasn't read Moneyball. You know, like, you know, I could actually see Jeff being the more modern mind in this case, arguing in defense of Nimmo while Fred and Terry are, are, are arguing that he's bad. Maybe. I, uh, not that I, I, I just know for a fact that Fred Wilpon has read Moneyball. <laughs> yes? That's shocking to yeah, me. Yeah, that actually. was reported in one of the articles that he Really? I would not have guessed that. Um, yeah, just, uh, this is bad. Don't do this. <laughs> we talk a lot about shuffling deck chairs. This would be shuffling deck chairs. This would be shuffling deck chairs and throwing one of them overboard in the process. Yes. So you 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 made your team worse. Good job. Uh, there was one more rumor. 
Um, it's related to what we talked about yesterday. Apparently, they've had a discourse about Carlos Correa. They're not going to win. <laughs> Source described Mets, Astros, Carlos Correa rumors as more fantasy baseball than reality. You don't say. <laughs> Shocking that Martino reports this original rumor, and then DeComo comes in and says, uh, no. Question, why are the Astros always linked to the Mets in these things? Uh, Weren't they, like, major suitor on, like, Cindergard for a while? I mean, Cindergard fits their acquisition type to a T. Yeah, they're bold. Um, Lugo was their guy for a little while. Let me, or, let me put it this There rumors let, about Lugo for a while. Yeah, yeah, have you ever been in, like, a Dynasty Fantasy League or, or is that not really your bag? That, that's not really my thing. Alright, so for anyone that's... who's in a dynasty baseball league, you usually know who the less savvy owners are. And, uh, when you need something, or you know they're thinking about doing something that maybe isn't the most well advised, you, uh, come calling. See if, see what you can get done. <laughs> Pretty sure the asters of this scenario are the, the Particularly yeah, they've done it over. about six times. <laughs> yep, and the Mets are the 43-year-old guy who has three kids and does this as a side hobby and hasn't updated himself on how baseball actually works since, like, the 90s. Uh, I think that's actually a pretty apt description of the Mets, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, so that, oh, that's, yeah, they're, that's... No, they're a relic of, you know, 80s ownership baseball. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's much more to it than that. Yeah. Like I'm sure, I'm sure Jeff Lund- is he still in charge there? Whoever's in charge there is like just smells blood in the water anytime Brody says something. Yep. <laughs> the Mets aren't getting Carlos Correa. No, no. Um, I think that's for reference. Did- yeah, for reference, we discussed yesterday why they don't. They why do they don't. Yeah, go listen <laughs> to that pod. Um. I know that's the last thing on the agenda, but before we wrap up, I did want to mention the Lin- Josh Lindbaum signing, uh, which I am a touch annoyed about. Uh, I don't know if you have any strong feelings on the matter. I am currently looking up his fan graphs page. So Josh Lindbaum was a failed pitcher who went to Korea. Uh, Cor- I, instead of Korea, I said Korea. That's a very <laughs> unfortunate uh, sequence of discussions here. Korea Korea is going to be the name of the episode, by the way. Great, great, perfect. I'm so glad my plugs could be <laughs> turned into something useful. So Lindholm was a, a failed pitcher, uh, went over uh, uh, to the to Doosan Bears, I believe it was, in 2018, and put up like really, really, really nice strikeout-to-walk ratios. Um, and like, he's probably not good. He's probably just a mediocre back end starter, but the Brewers got him for three years and nine million essentially with some incentives. And the Brewers did the same, did kind of the same thing with Eric Thames a couple years ago, right? And they got him for 315, which is pennies and they got some good value out of him. I can't remember the last time the Mets actually legitimately investigated a foreign signing. Uh, is she, is she, uh, who is that weird, uh, the Japanese pitcher with the, Ishiguro with the splitter? 
that's not a very good uh Meritus, right? No, no, no. They saw they had a, a a Japanese reliever year years ago, and I feel like that's the last time they had a notable foreign signing. Uh, I'll Google it real quick. My point, my point being, is that the Mets seem to always neglect these. Uh, uh, they got the burned by Kaz Matsui in what, like two thousand five, two thousand four. Ryota Igarashi. <laughs> that that's soured it. the experience. <laughs> the Mets signed Ryota Igarashi in 2010, and I don't know that they've really made a significant foreign signing since. Yeah, that's uh. And not, as a team that's as a team that's cash strapped, you'd hope that they'd investigate every potential avenue of adding talent, and they well, don't. Especially Korea. That's where like, bargains were made. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, like Limbaum's probably bad. But oh yeah, but at that, that who cares? At right, three years, nine million. Who cares? Like mm-hmm. teams eat that for one year. <laughs> like, oh, the Mets don't eat bad money, Ken. They they don't at all, as evidenced is, by the fact that they're trying to trade Jed Lowry so that they can sign Rick Porcello. <laughs> no, now it's to sign Dylan Betances, which Dylan Betances, gets yes. an even deeper sigh, but that makes me deeply uneasy. <laughs> So okay, here, over under two and a half spring training uh, outings before Dylan Batances uh, is done for the year. No, 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 no. How, how that goes is he gets hurt in week two of the season. Oh, so you're saying he makes it all the way through spring training? Until, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, no. He he needs to get hurt in a at a time in which you know they want him to pitch. <laughs> like, ah. So that they can force him to pitch through it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, so what you're saying is he gets through spring training, he tweaks something like two weeks into the season, in his, and his calf is hurting or his Achilles is hurting. They make him pitch through it, and then he actually tears it, and, and then, he's done. Yep. Yep. Okay. Or something yeah. to that effect, that that's yep. how that would go, given yep. – yep. 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 yeah. All right. I, I guess the – yeah, please – I mean – I, we're get, we're going to get to the point in the off season in which I just want warm bodies and I don't care who they are. Like <laughs> if, you're, if you're going, we get there the every year. Like where everybody's off the board, and we're still looking at like Jacob Rame having like the sixth guy in the pen spot. <laughs> Look, if you're gonna spend the AV to get Dylan Batantis, just sign Will Harris, please. please. I would I would much rather Will Harris. Yes. Every every day, I'm just like afraid to open up MLB trade rumors and see. All right, what stupid shit have the Mets done today? Oh, I just want them to do something because like I'm bored by this point. That's, <laughs> like, that's a, oh wait, we're we're getting the, this in under the wire, and it's actually fitting because I meant to mention Eno's tweet about this. So Eno Saris had a tweet saying it just makes too much sense for the Astros to trade for Jed Lowry. Uh, Fifty seconds ago, the Athletics. Athletics interested in Jed Lowry. <laughs> I mean, why right. not, right? <laughs> they don't need Dom Smith, though, so what do we send to the Athletics for them to take Jet Lowry? Hmm. It would have Would've to be prospects, him, right? It's only $10 million. Maybe. It's only $10 million, and if they can get, like, a legitimate prospect for him, maybe. Maybe. Especially I mean, you given, also know he'd like, go back character. to Oakland and post a four-win season oh, because no, of course. that's how it goes. Yeah. And, like, they generally understand things, like guys of his age need rest. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. 
I, I would be I would be very happy for Jed Lowry. <laughs> I, I would much rather just hold on to him and use me, him as me too. Um, but I also worry that he just like never ends up on the field. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I don't know if it does. <laughs> I mean, I I'm. With the roster as currently constructed, I would actually just make him the starter at third base, but give him an off day every week. Give Cano an off day in every week. Yeah, give do some Mc- aggressive maneuvering. You could you could absolutely give Cano and, and uh, Lowry an off day every week, and give Conforto, Alonso, Nimmo, and McNeil an off day every other week, and in that way get JD Davis four starts a week. And I think. In, in baseball seems to be the last sport to adopt the whole load management thing. I think the Mets could do it very well, but they won't. And honestly, I, I say this based on absolutely nothing because he has no track record yet, but I could imagine Beltron understanding timeshares a lot better. <sighs> managers I mean, it's, it'd be tough to, it'd be tough to understand anything <laughs> less well than Mickey Calloway. <sighs> on that note, we should yes. probably wrap on, on that note, yes. Um, we're going to wrap things up. Um, so please check out the site at uh, amazingavenue.com as well as all of his account, all of its accounts on social media. They are at Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I'm Kenneth Lavin. You can find me at KenLavin91 on Twitter. I was joined today by Lucas Vlahos. Lucas, where can people find you? Lvlahos343. Uh, you can find this show. Uh, as well as all the other great shows the site has to offer um, on the Amazing Avenue feed on Apple Podcasts, where we also encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. And uh, until next time, let's go Mets, and please do something Mets. Please. <laughs>